But before that, um, can I ask everyone to rise so that we can uh, read the scripture for this morning? Exodus 33, verse 14 to 16. And this is about the proofs of God's presence in our lives. Let's read. And God said, Last week, we, we unpacked this, and I hope that you have, um, one way or another, found the value of living in God's presence because there's a lot of benefit in living or being presence-driven. And this morning, I would like to talk about um, how or the secret of being presence-driven all the time. Would you like that? Presence-driven is good, but how do we stay there? And so, the passage of scriptures that I would like us to see this morning are the following. And let's read. Deuteronomy 10.17. Psalm 33, verse 10 to 11. Psalm 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 30, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for a wonderful praise and worship. Dun palang, Lord, we are so full because we know you're right here in our midst. And Lord, we feel your presence. We love your presence. For those of us who have been tasting how good your presence is in our lives, Father, thank you. And we pray that we will just stay there, remain there, and understand why we should stay there. But for those of us, Lord, who are struggling to see your presence in the midst of our situations and conditions, I pray that you open the eyes of their hearts this morning. As you have done for us, Lord, open the eyes of their hearts so that they will see how great you are, how awesome you are, and there's nothing else we need but you in our lives. Many times we're blind to that, Father, and I pray that you will remove the covers of our eyes and our hearts so that we will remain presence-driven all the days of our lives. Lord, we commit this time to you. Apart from your spirit, I cannot, I cannot say anything that will communicate to your people. Lord, I know you love us all. I know, Lord, that you want to communicate in the deep recesses of our hearts and our being. And I pray that this morning will be extra different. Communicate with us, O oh God. Through your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
I said last week we were talk about we talked about being presence driven. Be purpose driven, rather be presence driven than purpose driven. I know you're all purpose driven. Coming here to America, you have no choice to be purpose driven. I want to have a big debt so that I can pay for it. I want to have a big car so that I can pay for it. I want to do this, I want to do that. Man, the American dream, right? That's purpose. Believe me, purpose is good. Because without purpose, you're not going to go anywhere. But more than that, being presence-driven is better. Because your purpose will not come to pass without the presence of the Lord. Amen? So we said that be presence-driven than purpose-driven. Why? Because if you are presence-driven, the chances of you reaching your promised land is better. Promised land being what? Christ-likeness. For many of us, the promised land is having a good job. The promised land is having all of my debts paid. The promised land is having this kind of bank account. That's okay. But the ultimate promised land for the Christian is what? Christ-likeness. You and I are becoming more and more like Christ. That's very important. Because if we're not, then we are probably just wandering in the wilderness of what? Spiritual mediocrity. That's a challenge for us. And I pray that we will be more excited to become presence-driven. That's why we said, let's be like Moses, the presence-driven man. This was last week. Okay? Those of you who were not here last week, I hope this summarizes it in a way to get you excited to get moving on to the next level. What made Moses presence-driven? What did he see that we need to see to be presence-driven and not just purpose-driven? Here's what he saw. Moses saw that God's presence is proof that God is pleased with him. Do you like, do you like to know that God is pleased with you? Come on. Of course. If you know that God is pleased with you, you know that nothing Nothing wrong, nothing bad, nothing to your disadvantage is going to happen, right? Because this God is so awesome, He's going to protect you, right? So if you know that God is pleased with you, you're okay. Children, if you know that your mom and dad are happy with you, oh, you're smiling right away, oh. Diba? You can ask anything. Diba? Diba? So it's nice to have this feeling that God is pleased with you because with that, you know you're in good hands. The same thing is true with God. If you know that you're pleased with God, you know you're distinguished. You know you're different because you know you will be protected, you'll be provided for, and you will be guided to where your best promised land is. And I like that. That's what Moses saw. And that's why Moses said, you know what? I'm not going to go anywhere if you don't go with me. And my prayer for all of us, hey, I love you guys, my prayer for all of us is that we will have that mindset and that attitude. That as we step out of here and face our lives, we will say, Lord, I'm not going to go anywhere without your presence. And you know, Lord, because I know you're with me, kaya ko yan. Kaya ko yan. Yesterday, I had a uh, the privilege of practicing that. <laughs> it was the most painful experience of my life. Gout. 
It was so painful, I could not stand. And I, I didn't eat anything that I know was wrong. Because every time I eat, my wife looks at me and says, Oh, ano yan? Oh, ano yan? So, I just eat what she tells me to eat. But what I don't know uh, is that there are certain ingredients in that food which is generally okay, but that one ingredient is bad. Okay? Like, for example, last Thursday, I had the best time of going to a very good restaurant. Steak. You know, how many of you have heard of Lori's? Huh? Oh, hitam? Diba? Pangalam pa lang yan, huh? Right? And I said, please, don't include the green peas. Only the others. Corn. Right? Spinach. Kahapon ko lang nalaman, corn and spinach pala, puro purin. Patay. And you know, my wife, the doctor said, red meat is okay. Is there a doctor here? No, she said no. Okay. The doctor said no. I am just kidding. Okay. Being present driven, if God, if you know God is with you, you'll be able to say, kaya ko to. Yesterday was so painful. But instead of complaining, instead of grumbling, you know, I, I was just saying, Lord, I know you, I know you're there, and I know this is part of the thing, and, and I know, and I know kaya kaya mo to. Okay? It was painful. I was about to grumble and complain. I was complain. I was like, ano ba yan? Dumadaing. Okay? Because it's painful, but you know, in my heart, I was, I knew that my God is there, and my God is in control of the situation. You know, it's a mindset that will change your life forever. Now, this morning, I want to talk about the secret of always being presence-driven. The presence of God is important, but how do we remain presence-driven? Hey, Pete, like this? Being presence-driven. If you look like this, you look like you're bored and unexcited with God, right? You know, does this look like a man who is presence-driven? I don't think so, you know. Somebody said, many a great men would have joined the ministry if their pastors did not look like this. Okay? Can you imagine if Pastor Insong and I would look like undertakers? Okay? Please come in. Sit down. Let's sing. I mean, how, how many of you would like to go to a doctor and the doctor looks... What? Unsure of what he's doing and miserable. I don't think you're going to get well, but I will try. <laughs> or work for a lawyer, okay, who said, you know, I'm going to take your case, but you know, you have no chance. You're going to lose. I mean, we don't want losers, right? We want people who are excited and, and delighting in God. You know, that's, that's what we want. And the secret of being presence-driven, obviously, as far as I'm concerned, is what? Getting excited. Being alive, get excited with God. Are you excited with God? If I look at you, if I look at your life, if people will look at you, will people say, hey, man, this God, this guy is presence driven. God is with this guy and I, I'd like to be like him. You know? Or when you see a guy, he's so boring, he's, so, he's a loser, he's defeated, and he says, I'm a Christian. And I'm happy where I am. Would you like to be a Christian? I don't think so. And that's the reason why the secret of being presence-driven is get excited with God. If you're not excited with God right now, my prayer is that when you step out of this place, you'll be jumping up and down, even with gout. Okay? 
alright, that you're excited and happy with God. Expect God to be God. And yesterday, I expected God to be victorious. I knew I was going to speak today. But that painful left arm or left leg was telling me, no, you're not going to be able to stand up, buddy. Alright? But I know my God is a victor and I know He will make me stand. Amen? And He did. You know, all He had to do is to give you a caring wife who will close your mouth, okay? Not to eat anything but drink milk. For the first time in my life, I drank milk because I, said, I learned that milk is good for gout. And for the first time in my life, I also understood that I am, what honey? Lactose intolerant. <laughs> and so, the whole day yesterday, with my hand, or with my left leg very painful, I had to go to the toilet every now and then. Why are you laughing? But you know, in my heart of heart, God is God, and I expected Him to be victorious. And if you are like that, believe me, when you see yourself in the middle of something, you will just smile. You know why? Because, kaya ni Brad, kaya ni And if you think that way, you will always remain presence-driven. The presence of God will still, will always be there. You know what I'm trying to say? Enjoy God. Enjoy God. When you see the situation going crazy, you will start laughing. <laughs> God has something. God has something right here. Hindi yung, God, where are you? Did you make a mistake? But you know, but if you have a great God and you are presence driven and you are excited with God, believe me, you will never be the same. Hey Tony, right now the mountain boys are trashing us in golf, right? Edwin and Ulrich are trashing us in golf. But believe me, God has something good for us. Okay? They will also have gout, okay? You know, in the 80s, when I was a teenager, there was this song, Teenager? Why are you laughing? There was this song that goes like this. <coughs> I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. Huh? How many of you know this song? Would you have rather that I said it? I'm so excited. Just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. <laughs> I think I like it. The, that, that's a Pointer Sisters song. Okay? Those of you who know this. And, and being excited is something like this. You just can't hide it. And look at this. You, you're losing control, but it's okay. I like it. I think that's the kind of mindset that you and I should have when it comes to being excited with God. Where's Akisu? <laughs> okay. What made you crazy and excited in the recent past? Think about it. Diamonds? Did you say diamonds? Chocolates? Shoes? A new car? Oi, a bagong boyfriend. A bagong girlfriend. Pastor Song, what are you doing? What made you excited recently? And you're about to lose control, but still you like it. Because you're enjoying it and you're excited. That's the kind of what? Feeling that I would like you to have when it comes to the presence of God. 
You see what I'm driving at? Many of you have been excited <clears throat> in the past. For example, look at this baby. He's so excited about his milk. You know, if we can only put God before us and we are excited about that milk, I think we are getting the point. Right? And look at this boy. He was being given the passport and he's being excited already to travel. Okay? We ought to be like that, guys. I don't have to say anything. It shows and it tells you that this is it for me. But you see, they're excited about things, items. What I'm trying to tell you is be excited about God, the Creator, and not on the created things. Amen? During our time in the Beatles area, when the Beatles will come, the girls will swoon. They're very excited. Okay? Are you excited for God? Are you enjoying the presence of God? Or when this lady was given a diamond engagement ring, she was just so excited. You know, I remember the time when, 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 when I told my wife that, never mind. She, she was just excited when, when I asked her, can I go see you and take you home? Little did I know that she already had a crush on me. You can ask her. And I was, uh, I was living in Santa Ana, Manila, in the Makati area, and she was living in Novaliches. Very near, right? It's like you're living, you're, you, I was staying in Valencia, and she was living in Riverside, okay? And because, because I was attracted to her, and I asked her if I can bring her home, and she said yes, it was exciting. Can ask her. Really? My wife, can you please stand and so that they will come to you later? There was this frog who was excited about his destiny. He knew he was going to be a handsome prince when this when this beautiful princess will come and what? Kiss him. So one day he just wanted to be sure. So he went to a fortune teller. He approached the fortune teller and he said, you know, I just want to be, to verify and, and just confirm what my future will be because I'm very excited about being a handsome prince. And so, the fortune teller brought the frog before a crystal ball. And true enough, in the crystal ball, it was seen there that this frog will meet a very beautiful lady. And then the fortune teller said, this beautiful lady will, will, will do this. From the moment she sets eyes on you, she will have an insatiable desire to know all about you. Wow. She will be compelled to get close to you, know you inside out, and you know what? Mr. Frog, you'll fascinate her. And then so this frog became very excited. And he said, oh, where will I meet this, this, this beautiful lady? In, in the singles retreat of CCF LA? And then the fortune teller said, no. You'll meet her in the biology class. 
the doctors are smiling because they know. Ano ba yung? Ihiwain. <laughs> but he was like very excited. That was a joke. Okay. The Bible actually has a verse for being excited with God. Okay? This is the verse. Psalm 37, verse 4. Okay? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay? Being excited with God. That is the secret of always being presence-driven. You're almost jumping for joy every time you think about God. Every time you know that God is present with you. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. The dictionary defines delight as this. A high degree of pleasure, of enjoyment, of joy, rapture. Something that gives great pleasure. Okay? That's the noun. The verb is to give great pleasure to, satisfaction, or enjoyment. To please highly. That is the meaning of the word delight by the dictionary standards. Why are you laughing, Pete? Huh? Mr. Peter, why are you laughing? This gives me delight. What gives you delight? See that juicy steak? Without the peas and the corn, okay? This gives me delight. I, I want you to picture something that gives you delight. For you, it's fishing. For you, it's shopping. I don't know. Conjure in your mind what makes you excited and do it. Because that's what's going to carry you through when it comes to seeing the Lord. The tragedy, though, is this. Not so many are enjoying God. Not delighting in God, right? Do you agree? You know, they come... Uh, they, they, they say they're, 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 they're Christians, but if you take a look at their lives, they're easily swayed and dis- discouraged by the things that they're facing in their lives. Why? Because they don't know the secret of the presence of God in their lives, and they don't know how to enjoy and delight in God. Well, siguro not you. Not CCFLA, of course. We are so delighted with God. But many still do not delight in God. Agree or disagree? Do you agree that many are not delighting in God as much as they should? Do you agree or disagree? I I believe many still do not really enjoy and delight in God. For many, God is not a delight. In fact, God is a duty. What is a better motivator? Duty or delight? Why did you come here? Pastor Insong kasi. Binabantayan ang attendance namin dito. <clears throat> Why are you here? Oh! Sarap yung lunch. Okay. Name it! And God is never there! Right? You know, if your motivation in your Christian life that is God is a duty rather than a delight, your presence with God will be reduced to the bare minimum. Sige, one hour lang tayo dun, ha? Then let's go right away. Because I, after one hour, I have fulfilled my duty. Right? Hey, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is this. The command, delight yourself in the Lord, has become a duty rather than delight. 
If it becomes a delight, then good. But if it has become duty for you, then I'm sorry. You would be like the rest of the Christian people who are not excited about going through their Christian life, but rather finish it as soon as possible. Alright? Like, what I'm saying is this. Delighting means enjoying God to a point of always being in God's presence. But many are not. For example, many churches today, right? many Christians have reduced their delight in God to a duty. So what do they do? Oh, let's go to the church. Let's finish it. Two hours maximum anyway. Right? Let's do that. If you really take, take a look at it, you know, they are there in church, but they would like to get it done right away because it's a duty. Right? Two hours, let, let us sing, let's hear the message, let's go. If you really take a look at it, in one week, there is 168 hours. And you spend two hours. How many percent? Almost less than 2% of the time. And we say that we are presence driven. There's something wrong, right? There's really something wrong. Yan, puno pa yan, What about churches where, tadalawa lang kayo, okay? Right? If you if you really take a look at and go to churches today, they are 15, 20, 30 years old, and when you go inside, there are a handful of people just there. And in fact, sooner or later, just like what happened to Europe, okay, the churches have become what? Empty and museums, tourist attractions. Why? Because the Christians did not know how to delight in God, to enjoy God, but rather Christians were looking at their Christianity as duty. And when you take a look at duty, folks, it's a matter of time. You're not going to be here anymore. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to happen. Why are so many not enjoying God and not delighting in God? You want to know the answer? It's this. Because most of us delight in the created things. In what God gives you rather than delight in Him who is the Creator. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when God gives you a job, woo! When God gives you a new boyfriend, woo! When God gives you things, many things, you're excited. But when God takes that away, why? Because our delight is based on things, created things, rather than what? The Creator. If your delight is based on the Creator, man, your, your ATM is bottomless. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Big difference. The reason why many people are not delighting in God is because they delight in the created things rather than the Creator. Bakit? Why? Why? Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking leads to wrong behavior. And many, many, many times, that's where we are, folks. Many, many times, that's where we are. Unless we change our thinking, correct it, so that it will lead to the right behavior. Correct thinking based on truths about God and truth about ourselves. So this morning, I want to talk about truths. Truths that hopefully can make you think right so that you'll behave right when it comes to delighting in God. Truth, number one, that I would like to talk about is this. What delighting in the Lord is. Understand what I'm saying? Define that so clearly that you will know the difference between what is and what is not. What delighting in the Lord is not. Let me begin with what delighting in the Lord is not. Okay? So that you will know where you are. 
what delighting in the Lord is not. Let's see the episode and the story of the Israelites when they were at the other end of the Red Sea and what? The Egyptians were pursuing them. You know the story, right? Moses led the people outside of Egypt, out of slavery, into the promised land. In along the way, they encountered a problem called the Red Sea. And what did God do? God parted the Red Sea, right, through Moses. Wall of water, wall of water, dry land, they walked. At that moment, wouldn't you be delighted with God if you were the Israelites right there and then? It was like, it was like playing golf, and I hit the ball, and the ball went 500 yards to the green. Impossible, but true. I would have been jumping up and down. And the Israelites were there. They, when they reached the end of the Red Sea, they turned around and they saw the Egyptians pursuing them. Right there. Right? And we pick the story here. And what are we talking about? What delighting in the Lord is not. See the story? Okay, let's pick up the story. Exodus 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over the chariots and their horsemen. Wow! So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. See the situation? Who was being protected? The Israelites. Who was doing the work? God. How? Through the water closing and the Egyptians drowning. You see the situation here? If you were the Israelites at the other end, what would you be feeling? Won't you be jumping up and down? Whoa! Wow! Did you see that? Did you see that? They were all excited. And then, and then, um, so Moses stretched out his hand. Okay, well, the Egyptians were playing right. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Verse 28. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them not even one of them remained. Panalo? Talo. Panalo. Kung panalo ka, won't you be excited? Of course, they were excited. And they were. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And then in verse 15, look at this. Uh, chapter 15. Then Moses and the sons of Israel, what? Sang the song to the Lord. They were singing. Were they happy? Obviously they were. Because they were singing. And they said, the Lord is my strength. And song, he has become my salvation. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he has cast into the sea. They were almost like rejoicing and dancing. Right? And then, in verse 20, Miriam, the sister of Aaron and Moses, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out with her with timbrels and they were dancing. Were they happy and enjoying and excited for God? Yes, obviously it looks like. Miriam answered them, say, answered them Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has hurled to the sea. Huh? Sounds good? But look at this. In verse 22, right after that victory, of course, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went out to the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So the people, what? Grumbled. 
בהחלט של יהודים. אנו בתולות, דרך ברלחת. פנקט לנמל. אני לא יכול להבין את זה, אוקיי? From joyful singing of praises and victory dancing, three days after, Pastor Danny, they were grumbling. What did God say? I will not be with you. Ang titigas ng ulo nyo, I will not be with you. That's what God said. And over and over again, that's what they were doing. They were delighting and then grumbling. They were delighting and then grumbling. Folks, that is what grumbling, that's That's what delighting is not. You know what I'm saying? So, what delighting, is, what delighting in the Lord is not? They were dancing, joyful praising, joyful praising God one moment, victory over the Egyptians, and then what? Then not long after, grumbling in times of inconvenience. No water. Pansit na naman. How could they forget the presence of the power of God in a very short period of time. Three days after, you grumble after having seen the water divide and the water come in? Come on! You see, but this is factual. That's true. That's what they're doing. My question to us is this. Are we not like the Israelites in many ways today in our lives? Be honest with yourself. Don't you delight only when things are good and grumble the next time those things are taken away? You know what's wrong? So why do we delight in the Lord this way that is wrong, that is not? Because we think we are delighting in the Lord when in reality we're delighting in what the Lord is giving us at that time. When the Egyptians were being drowned, what did they feel? Uy! Wow! Special ako! Panalo kami! Okay? No more enemies. It's all about what? You and what is being given to you. Right? But can you imagine if at that point the Egyptians went out of the water floating, they would have gone crazy all over again. Right? Why? Because they're so focused on what God is giving them at that time. Exactly the Red Sea incident. Israel's delight was about their deliverance from the greatest army in the world. All about their own good, all about their own welfare. Folks, that's the wrong focus. And if your focus is wrong, you will not understand what it means to be presence-driven all the time. Because if the, if the benefit is no longer for you, you grumble. And you think God is not there and God has forgotten you. And you think that God is not able. What is the right focus? The right focus should be this. The focus should be on God Himself alone. His presence and His omnipotence. Do you understand what I'm saying? His presence is there and is powerful to get you out of whatever situation you're in. Whether good or bad. Delighting for what God gives us and thus is good. Make no mistake about it. If God gives you good things, that's okay. If God blesses your, your work, that's okay. If God blesses your business, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. But you know what's better? 
Even better is you delight in the source of the blessing rather than the blessing itself. Because that way, you will remain stronger in your conviction that God will ever be present in your life. And you know what? This is exactly the spirit behind Philippians 4, 4 to 5. Many of you have memorized this, but you know, how is it possible for the Apostle Paul to give us this command? He says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Did he say that? No, he said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. You know why you should be always rejoicing? Because the Lord is near. Because the Lord is there. You know, the building collapsed. Can you say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know that the Lord is near, you can't say that. Believe me. But if you know that the Lord is there, holding you, you can say, thank you, Lord. What's your, what's your story? What's your plan? I'm excited. But if you're so nearsighted, what do you see? Only the destruction, the calamity, the disadvantage, and everything that will hurt you. Not about God. With all uh, ups and downs of life. You agree? Life is an up and down. Right? Is it possible to be always rejoiced? For many of you, you're probably doubting it. Uh, You're being unrealistic, Pastor Danny. But you see, the life of a Christian is all about faith. That God will be there for you, to care for you, to provide for you, to protect you, and to lead you to your spiritual promised land. And that's the reason why in anything and everything you say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know it's going to be okay. If you have that mindset, then you understand what it means to have the presence of God. Is it possible to always be rejoicing? The answer is yes. If we know that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, He will be faithful and be good to you because you belong to Him. That's the beauty of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of the Christian life. I'm not talking about religion, okay? I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Circumstances and feelings are not the basis of our joy, but in delighting in the Lord Himself. Do you agree? Delighting in the Lord Himself. And that is what delighting in the Lord is. Let's expound on that. Whether the sun is shining or the night is very dark. Those of you who are going through a situation right now where everything seems very dark. At the same time, those of you who are basking in the glorious blessings of God in the sun. Whether you are in the dark or in the light, you can still delight in the Lord. Amen? That is what delighting in the Lord is. And what is delighting in the Lord? The secret of what? Being presence-driven. Whether the sun is shining or the night is very dark, you can still delight in the Lord. Whatever is going on, delight yourself in the Lord and you will have a song of praise even in the darkest night. Yesterday, I was in pain, but my heart was still saying, God is good. 
God is good. And if I did not have God, that consciousness that God is good, I probably would just have given up. And easily became a total wreck, temperamentally and behaviorally yesterday. But because I knew that God was there, I was just applying and practicing what I'm preaching. And believe me, it works. Oh, taste how good God is. Acts 16. Here's a wonderful example of what it means to delight in the Lord. Here's the situation. Paul and Silas were what? Enjoying the resort, okay, in uh, the Mediterranean, right? No, they were imprisoned. Why were they imprisoned? They were doing what God wanted them to do. They were preaching and sharing the gospel to people because God told them, this is what I want you to do with me. If you believe in me, then do it. And they were doing it. Okay, by the way, with all excitement and delight, even if they were going to be stoned, even if they were going to be, you know, persecuted and whatever, they still did it. And in Acts 16, we, saw, we see the same situation. The crowd rose up together against them. Look at this. And the chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. You know, Pastor Insong. Imagine, we are sharing, we're teaching the gospel on our own. Tapos, gugulpihin pa tayo. No? Ang saklap. Di ba? You know, so, we see the story. When they had struck them with many blows, remember, ah, nagulpi na. Ah? Gold clubs pa siguro ginamit nito, Tony, no? They threw them in prison. Right? Commanding jail, the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, what did he do? Threw them into an inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Nasa prison na sila, ang baho-baho pa, tapos yung paan nila, nakalak. Okay? And, look at this. Verse 25. Imagine this. But at about midnight, Paul and Silas started to have a concert. They were what? They were praying and singing of praise to God. How can you do that? Huh? Oli, how can you do that? You were already, what? In chains, look at them. They were like this and they were singing. How great is my... What are they, what are they seeing there? You know what? Because their joy and delight was not in their circumstances but in God Himself. If they were focusing on their situation, babaho, nakatale, nakagapos, nakachain, you would have cried. But because they were focused on God and they were looking and delighting in God, they were singing. Right? Folks, that is delighting in God. Not in your circumstances, not what He gives you, but because God is there. And you're supposed to be excited because He was going to do something. And you know what? Look what happened. When they were singing, remember, when they were singing and when they were in chain and bloodied and hurting in the back, what happened? Suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and the chains were what? Unfastened. Wow. I don't know with you. Man, siguro ako, only when that happens, when I praise the Lord. Hindi. They were praising the Lord when they were in chains. And only when they were praising God and delighting, delighting in His presence, did God do something. 
to break the chains and open the doors. Amen? That is delighting in the Lord, not delighting in what He gives us. Then, look at this. The jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. And then, what happened? But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then Paul said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household will be saved. That happened because they delighted in God and not in their situation. The scene was something like this. Because of their joy and delight in God himself and not on their circumstances. The chains fell off. The doors were open. And lives were saved. I like that. Diba? Amen. Amen talaga. What is it about the Lord that will make you delight in Him and not the goodies He gives us? What is it about God? Have you seen something about God that from now on, I don't care what He gives me. What's important is I know something about Him and therefore the rest will follow. Right, Christine? If you know that, believe me, you will hang on to God and you will be the most excited, enjoying Christian I will ever see. And you will never be the same. CCFLA will never be the same. Wherever you are will never be the same. Your Christian life will never be the same. The great men and women of faith in the Bible must have understood and experienced something about the Lord Himself. Not just what He has given them. There must be something about God that you and I need to know. So that we will always be delighting and enjoying Him rather than the things He gives us. So the light in the Lord was not a problem at all because they knew something about God. Folks, it is about the Lord God Himself and Himself alone. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. If you cannot relate to what I'm talking about, perhaps you have not really tasted the goodness of God. You know, maybe you should come to God and say, Lord, I want, I want to experience you and taste you. Okay? Taste you not so much on what you give me, but your ability and your character and who you are to deliver me or to bless me. You know, just like, just like the other day, my tenant, okay, um, I have an apartment. I used to live here in Alhambra, but my tenant said that, you know, there is something wrong with the house. Do this and do this and do this and do this. You know what's, what that means, right, Tony? Okay? You know, um, not only will you be limping going there, but you will be paying, right? But you know, going there, I was just praising God. You know, God, I, I know, I know you're good. I know you're, you, there's, there's, there's something that good will turn out of. And believe me, your mindset and your disposition changes. All of a sudden, the circumstances will not 
will not uh, will not control you, but rather you allow God to control the circumstances. Can God control the circumstances? Absolutely. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Why would you thirst for God? If you will only thirst for God, for the things He will give you. Please, no, don't do that. Thirst for God, for His ability, for His for being God. Remember? Hebrews 11.6, memory verse. Without faith, to please God. He who comes to God must believe that God is God. Okay? It doesn't say, he who comes to God must believe that God will give me food tomorrow, will find me a job. Will, you know, all of those are contained because he is God. Can you please step up higher in your conviction so that your faith will become the kind of faith that God wants you to have. And when you do that, you'll be like a deer panting for water as your soul pants for God. What about the Lord himself that we should foremost delight in? Okay? And this is where I got excited when I was preparing this message. Lord, I want to know what, what will make me excited about you. I know you're holy. I know you're good. I know you're omnipresent. You're always there. I know you're omnipotent. I know you're omniscient. I, I can go on and on with the litany of God's character. But you know, until I was led to this most important characteristic of God that you and I need to understand so you will never let go of God. That you will always delight in God. That His presence will always be exciting for you because of who God is. What is that? What is that trait? What is, that? what is it about the Lord Himself that you should foremost delight in? It is this. Psalm 135, 5-6. It's just one of the verses that describe this character of God. And I know you'll pick it up. For I know that the Lord is that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In heaven and in earth, in the seas and all the deeps. What is that? What does it tell you about God? God can do whatever He pleases. Wherever, whenever, and however. You see that? Do you like that? You know, if you're not, if you don't know God, you may not like it. But if you know God, ha, you will love it. If God is present in your life because He's pleased with you, and He can do whatever, however, and whenever, and you're part of that plan, would you be excited? Ha! But I'll be excited. I'll be excited about this because the Lord will do what He pleases. Daniel 4.35 the same thing. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. Uh, Elaine, can you continue this? Because I know you memorized this. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and no one can ward off his hand and say, what have you done? You know what I'm saying? Parang here is God doing something and then somebody, somebody wards off his hand and says, Oi, God, that's not going to happen to God. Because God is in perfect control. And when He does this, it's going to happen. Won't you be excited about that? Because if our God is in perfect control, and He has a purpose and a plan for you, it's going to happen. Whether you are 
in the situation right now that you don't like, but you know, your God is in perfect control and it's going to happen. Won't that excite you? I don't know with you, but I'm excited. This is called what? God's absolute sovereignty. God is in perfect control. And I really, really, really like that. What is it that I like about God foremost? It's His absolute sovereignty. Psalm 33, verse 10 to 11. The same Spirit. For He spoke, and it was done. We sang this earlier, right, Pastor In Song? He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. Oi, wagyan. Obama, wagyan. Ronmi, wagyan. I don't know what God's plans are. But it says here, the Lord can nullify the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of people. Meaning what? He can do what He likes. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. And believe me, I like that. Because God is in perfect control. God is in perfect control. You know, the song, How Great Thou Art, we sang this. And while I was trying to practice this song to sing it today, did you hear me? While I was trying to practice this song to sing it today, uh, I was led to three arguments in that song that provided God's sovereign greatness and power. Three arguments that I hope you too will see so that you will step out of this place saying, God is great and I'm so happy that He is in He's in perfect control of everything. And if you know this, you will delight in Him in the manner that is, rather than the manner that is not. Three things. First, His creation. In that song it says, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. One of these days, just step out there, look up in the heavens, and you will say, I have a great God. Compare the heavens to your problems. They're nothing. And then, what I like about this is, He gave you His salvation. Wow! And when I think that God, His Son, not sparing, Send him to die. I scarce can take it all. To save you, right? Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. God is sovereign. He created. He saved you. And then, you know what? What's exciting? With his, yet The first and the second happened already. And continuing to happen. But the third is about to happen. And that makes me excited. If God is sovereign, will His plans happen? Yes or no? Whether you like it or not, it will happen. And the last plan, the last argument that I see in that song, which I look forward to and many people say should happen soon, is this. His rapture. His second coming. God is coming back, guys. To end this evil world and to bring us to the new world. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. 
how great thou art, how great thou art. Wow. I can end here. What is the secret of being presence-driven? Delighting in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. And delighting in Lord in the Lord is not based on what is what He gives you, but rather in who He is. That He is almighty, that He is powerful, that He is holy, and above all, sovereign. His will will come to pass. Creation He did, salvation He did, and His rapture He will. What more can we ask? Can we delight in God in this manner? Church, can we delight in God in this manner? Absolutely. I have my last question for us. And I hope this will bring home the point. Remember Paul and Silas? Remember they were in chain and they were singing? What if, what if we reverse it? I wonder how the story would have read if Paul and Silas deteriorated into a pity and grumbling party instead. You know what I'm saying? They were in chain and they were ikaw kasi. Kung di mo ko sinama, wala sana ako rito. Ikaw kasi, ang daldal mo eh. You know? They kept pointing at each other and they were blaming one another instead of what? Praising God. What do you think would have happened? Believe me, the chains would not have been broken. And lives would not have been saved. And as I am here right now with you, I have this question to ask. I wonder what God may be trying to do in your life. And I wonder whether you are praising God for what's happening in your life. Or I wonder if you are throwing a grumbling party or complaining. And I have one point for you. If you're grumbling and complaining, the chains will not be broken. Lives will not be saved. But if you praise God for who He is, for His power, for His ability, for His sovereign power, and His agenda that will rule forever, believe me, he will give you the desires of your heart. And I know. I know the desires of your heart. Are there chains right now in your life that you want broken? Are there souls right now of the people you love that you want saved? Isn't God telling you that the only way for that to happen if you sing praises to Him for who He is, to delight in Him so that He will give you the desires of your heart. Again, what is the secret of always being presence-driven? Delight yourself in the Lord. The righteous, the just, the holy, the loving, and most of all, the sovereign God whose will, whose purpose, whose counsel will rule for his own glory and praise. The chains will be broken and lives will be saved. Let's pray. God, you are good.
God, you are great. Help us to to claim this and help us to see this and make it the anchor and the foundation of our delight in you. Lord, help us to see the chains we're in and help us to see the lives that can be lost and can be forever in hell because, because we don't believe and we are not delighting in you and we're not good examples ourselves. Lord, I pray that if this message has spoken to us today, would you, dear God, just don't allow us to live this place unchanged. Lord, we want to experience you moment by moment. We want to say thank you and rejoice in you always and every day of our lives. And you, would you make this possible, Lord, if we see you as God and not the things that you give us so that we will always enjoy you, be excited about you, and delight in you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Christ's name we pray. These are the questions that I would like to ask in your discussion group. But before you go to your discussion group, um, I'm going to ask a fellow elder of the church to say something about our situation as a church. Um, the questions, of course, are here. Delight yourself in the Lord, not on what He gives, but on who He is. Is this clear with you? Explain the difference. This is when you go to your discussion group, okay? And then, the second question, that's number two, actually. What change in your life you want broken, and whose lives and souls you want saved, as you delight yourself in the Lord, and He gives you the desires of your heart? But before this, and if we have the time, if we don't have the time, um, we'll... Just find a way to meditate on this in the future. But I'm going to ask our brother Reggie to say something about our situation here in CCFLA. Thank you.